Hey guys, welcome to the show. Really appreciate you for taking the time to listen. If this episode blesses you or adds any value to your day, please consider subscribing, sharing with someone that you know, or leaving a review. Just so that you know, in case you don't know, these episodes go out live every Monday and Thursday on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you're interested in being notified of future live events so you can watch them as they happen, Go to my Facebook page at DK Lamastra and simply like or follow. That way you'll get notified of all future live events. You can also subscribe on any one of the podcast platforms where you like to listen to podcasts. That way they'll download automatically and you'll never miss an episode. Well, for this episode, I sat down with my friend Evan Knox. Evan is the founder of Caffeine Marketing. He's a small business investor and entrepreneur. Just an awesome guy doing awesome things in the business world. He also has a huge heart for Jesus. So this conversation we went around the block a little bit. We talked about business. We talked about leadership, talked about ministry. We talked about Jesus. Toward the end of the episode, Evan started asking me some somewhat tricky questions. We got into the weeds a little bit on the topic of wealth and the biblical perspective on building wealth. At the end of it, Evan and I didn't totally see eye to eye, which I don't know why, but I'm super excited about that. I think that it was a good, real conversation. I think that you're going to get some value out of it. We didn't exactly finish the conversation because we ran out of time, but I would love to know your thoughts. If you have a thought on the matter, if you agree, disagree, if you want more information, I'd love to hear from you. You can um, send me a message on social media, or you can send me an email by going to my website, simplepowermedia.com and uh, you can connect with me further there. But anyway, for now, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Evan Knox. Evan, brother, thanks for being here, man. Thanks, man. I'm uh, I'm always excited to talk about Jesus. And I don't mean <laughs> as like it's Jesus, you know, kind of uh, groupy, but I am. I really am. So I had a yeah. good conversation with a guy yesterday, and so I'm, I'm excited for another good conversation. So Awesome, bro. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so this is cool. So just 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 for context, um, we you were basically back to back meetings here. So we didn't have a chance to uh, do anything, catch up or anything like that. So we're just kind of jumping right into this. We haven't uh, talked in at least months. I mean, maybe sometime last year, I think was probably the last time that we yeah. that we talked other than maybe just like, you know, text message and emailing a little bit back and forth and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, man. So how how are you? First of all, how is life? How's the family? Yeah, it's good. We just went through um, potty training our son and, nice. <laughs> you know, come out on the other side, mostly unscathed. Um, yeah. My wife said it was the most difficult thing that she's done in parenting. And I don't know that I agree, but it was pretty difficult. It was <laughs> like more difficult than how about childbirth? I'm assuming she wasn't counting that. <laughs> nah, I don't know if this is normal, but... My my wife's very smart, very capable, but she does not remember a childbirth all that much. And I hear okay. that's not normal. Yeah, I've, I've so, heard that. Yeah, she'll be like, "Oh yeah, like it's like not a big deal," or or not. She won't say it like that, but you know, she was in labor for like thirty six hours or something like oh that. Whoa. And that's the only thing she remembers is like you know the labor. She's like, did we really talk to that person? Was that person there? I'm like, yes, wow. all that happened. So yeah, anyway, uh, I don't know that she can fair comparison to that because i think that would probably be harder for her but it's so crazy man because like i've i've heard that and obviously i have no authority to talk on this subject at all but i've actually heard that and i've heard that i mean i've heard women share about that and say like you know it's they think it's something that that god does like that they were designed in, in that kind of a way so that because otherwise 
you know, may, women that have like really difficult childbirth. I'm always like, how do you want to go through that again? Like yeah. my like my wife wants to have another baby. I'm like, how do you want to go through that whole thing again? And it's just like the right. desires there. So I think that that's important. I think it's it's just something something in the in the design of God. Yeah, <laughs> like I, we're getting all the difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. Uh, so, but yeah, man, thank you again. Thank you again for being here. How's how's uh, your little guy Titan doing? He's great. I appreciate you asking. Um, we feel like we couldn't have had a better kid. And we feel really blessed and fortunate and, you know, don't let it get to his two year old head, but he's basically perfect. Um, and yeah, we, we're kind of don't want another one, you know, we're not committed to no forever uh -huh. for another one, but we kind of don't, I mean, we're like, don't want to mess up a good thing. And, you know, if a future <laughs> kid listens to this several years down the road, like love you too, but man, well, he's great. He's healthy, strong. And we just know we have some friends that are, that's not their story. And we're just mm. very thankful every day. And well, yeah, cherish him. Absolutely. So that's awesome. Love it, man. Love it, man. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, uh, so cool. So, uh, well, yeah, man, I wanted to, I don't know, we can kind of do whatever. We'll definitely talk about Jesus. We'll talk about life a little bit. Maybe get into some business stuff. Uh, I know when you were on my other podcast last year, we were really, we, we didn't really, because of the context of that podcast, we didn't focus, you know, very much on your business endeavors and what you do there in that world is, at all, other than just to say who you are and what you do. But, um, but uh, this is a little bit more of a, you know, laid back uh, sort of a context. So we can just kind of go wherever the conversation takes us. But I would love to hear just a little bit about maybe like your journey, uh, journey, excuse me, with starting caffeine marketing and uh, maybe just a little bit about what it's all about and why you started it and just a little bit about like those uh yeah about what went into you um starting this marketing agency that you run yeah so i have a couple different starting company experiences and i guess they begin with when i was like in high school and just wrangling my friends to go mow other people's lawns and love it you know, that was my first experience with that. And so I kind of had that in the back of my head when I was thinking about starting caffeine. Originally, I was working at a church in North Carolina, and part of my role was marketing. And I was listening to a podcast, and we knew that that wasn't going to be a, a good long term fit for us. And we knew the next step was probably coming back to Atlanta. And so I had heard this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, who's big in the marketing world. Gary V, baby. Gary V. Yep. You're a hustler, you know, you know about Gary V. Yeah, man. Yo, so, by the way, no yeah. joke, Gary V is like the guy who really for, for me, listen it, when I started listening to him, that's where I really finally felt like permission to yeah. to focus on what I'm actually really passionate about. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, he's not obviously, you know, he's not a, a believer as far as I know. Like he's not, you know what I mean? But it, it's uh, but he's for sure one of my heroes and uh someone who's like really impacted me in terms of why i'm like doing this podcast uh why yeah. i started creating digital content and all of that it was uh he was like a, a huge you know catalyst in my life as far as that goes so shout out to gary v gary vanderchuk <laughs> yeah. but yeah man he's a i mean it's crazy that you say that and i love that part of your story that we have that in common because very much for me it was like He's over there building this massive international marketing agency. 
and I'm doing marketing, learning from him about marketing. And I thought, you know, I can't build that. I don't think I have the gifts or the determination to do that, but I can, I think I can cut a little piece of the pie here. And I think there's enough for me. So when we moved down to Atlanta, I kind of didn't want to do it because I knew how much work it was. And I thought about how much work it was just for, you know, that high school stuff that I did. Right. I just, it yeah. was so much work and so much effort to acquire clients, to talk to clients and to manage people. Yeah, um, you know, that was tough. And so I told my wife, I'm going to go work at a car dealership and I'm just going to go. My friend was doing that. He's like, you make a ton of money. And I was like, all right, cool. So I tried that. And like a month in, it was like an MTV scene. Like people were like throwing stuff and screaming. And I was like, I'm out. I was like, this is crazy. I'm just going to start that business. And so that's what I did. And it was very much, I had this idea of what I wanted it to be, but it, it was just hacking at it. You know, I had this, a little bit of intuition and it was trial and error, a ton of trial and error. We started off very much doing like just social media. Like we would just run brand social media yeah. for them. And then I didn't see that as profitable. And I thought about the business owners, like my, my dad and my grandfather, and what would I want to offer them? And so I pivoted more to be strategy and advertising and website focus, because those are really high revenue generating activities that you can pay somebody to do for you. And so yeah. we did that. Um, but I will say just as uh, a point on this for anybody else that's has a dream to start something or maybe has been down this journey, I did that by myself and that was tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you don't, and I you know, know you, yeah, you're like, oh God, I know. Uh, if you don't do it, nobody else does it. Yeah. And you don't have the money to, to, to pay somebody in the beginning for sure. And so I did that. But then recently, like a year and a half ago, I started a, a holding company with some guys who are believers as well. And that experience has been totally different, totally different. Um, and I think I, I like it better. I don't want to leave caffeine, you know, but I do. Mm -hmm. There's something to having people with you. It's really great. So. Okay. So explain the holding company. Is it like an umbrella for for everything else that you do or how does that work? Yeah. So <laughs> that a, is, that a, is that a big question? Yeah. So it's a multi-member <laughs> LLC. Um, it's, uh, it's just a basically a legal agreement that we're multi-member LLC partners, right? So we've got this business and then that business goes in and buys other businesses or it acquires parts of a business. And our whole okay. model is that we acquire, grow, and sell um, online businesses. So that can be e-commerce, that can be software, that can be service-based, doesn't really matter. But the point is it's online and we're doing one of those three things and delivering value for the owner, you know, either mm -hmm. through an exit that happens a lot or by fixing the business or some sort of virtual roll-up or whatever. Awesome. And so is that basically you guys sort of coming alongside a business that are you traditionally partnering with somebody who's having trouble growing their business and you're coming alongside to help them grow it and, and expand further? Or what's the, uh, I guess, like an average client for you guys? What does that look like? Right. There's generally two types of clients. One is the one who's struggling to grow and they just they need a strategic partner to help them get to that next level. And they're not struggling in, in the aspect of like they're losing money going down we're not really we don't do turnaround management 
And so, but what we do do is that we do help people who've hit that plateau and they know their company could be infinitely more valuable at a potential okay. exit. We're going to help them turn their company around in order to reach those new levels to make a ton of more money at exit. So that's okay. half. And then the other half is like, there's generally some particular problem that we can solve for them. Maybe they're based in the UK and they need to be based in the US for a greater you know, opportunity for someone to buy them or hmm. the multiple that somebody would get if they sold with two other companies of ours. If they sold together, they're gonna get a higher multiple than if they just sold by themselves. So they end up making more money being part of like a virtual roll-up. Wow. So like low-key mergers and acquisitions, but like, you know, minor leagues, I would say. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So are you finding that you that you really um would you say, I don't know if you if if this is good for you to answer or not, but between so the you know the marketing agency and then more like on the investing side, is there one that you personally have more of an affinity for, more of a passion for that is just like maybe more fun for you? The investing is fun from the aspect of the relationship. Hmm. I I I'm serving my clients with caffeine marketing and I really enjoy helping them grow their business, but the relationship dynamics are a little bit different. There's a, you know, we're an agency and at the end of the day, we're a expense item on their, you know, P and L. And so yeah. sometimes, you know, it not sometimes they have to justify We have to be justifiable on that expense every single month. So we have to be making them enough money to justify that where should be, you know, they should pay us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's that uh, decision to keep us on or not keep us on is, you know, totally rational. Like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, we're, we're getting awesome results for them. Let's keep paying them. Or it's not a good fit, whatever. Okay. But sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I just want to cut all our expenses. And I'm like, I never liked that. I'm like, we're making you mm -hmm. a lot of money right now. You know, you're getting, you're paying us a dollar and getting 10X return on investment. Right, right. It didn't feel right that you just want to dip out now. Um, so there's that and the clients. I mean, that's okay. That's just kind of the nature of that business. But then the other side is when you become, when you either buy a business or you buy a part of the business, whatever that looks like, you're a partner in that business. And so you're locking arms, assuming it's a pretty decent person, you're locking arms together and going, how can we grow this together as a team? Mm. And for a lot of people, that's what they've been missing. They've been missing a, a competent person or a competent team to lock arms with them and go, hey, like we've got, we've been there, we've done that, we can help you and here's how we're gonna wow. do it. So, wow. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so that relational component is like, is huge. Um, that's awesome. So you're obviously, you're a young guy. <laughs> you're still young, obviously, when you started um, Caffeine and when you started doing what you're doing in the business world, um, you know, really kind of going down this this path of entrepreneurship. You were even obviously younger. Um, you mentioned that you did some things as in your teenage years where you were just going out and and kind of just always kind of had that entre entrepreneurial bug. At what yeah. point would you say you recognized it or that you knew that you wanted to I don't know whether it be in business for yourself or kind of go down that entrepreneurial. Was that something that you saw modeled? Like, I don't know, from other people in your life or from family members? Um, was that something that was always there? What was that like? Can I just say that like 50% of entrepreneurs are weird. I mean, just like, <laughs> and not, in, not in like an awkward, you know, not like a socially awkward, like maybe I've got a little bit of that and somebody's like, yeah, he does. But, um, 
they're they're so quirky you know it's just it takes i think an interesting person for them to go i'm gonna go start my own thing you know like i'm not yeah. gonna follow them all yeah, for sure sometimes make less money like there are people that make a lot less yeah. money doing really hard work but they're in charge you know yeah, like I've heard it, I've heard it described like entrepreneurs will work like 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. <laughs> there's some, but there's something in their brain that knows like, okay, but what I'm, what I'm working so hard on and what I'm grinding for, what I'm putting my life into, it's something that I care about. And it's something that in the future can pay major dividends and could potentially, you know, advance me further than my nine to five or than my, you know, whatever it is. And I, 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 I definitely, yeah, I definitely, there's gotta be, there's gotta be, it's almost like glutton for punishment to a certain extent. Like, it's like, I know like, I've got to be willing to really, you know, take a lot of rejection, take a lot of failure, take a lot of, you know, all these different things. Well, I quote unquote failure. I don't call, I don't really consider it failure unless you actually quit, but you know what I mean? But yeah, the experiences of going through and the difficulties. So <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right on with that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say, I mean, it is the probably the best way I think to make money, like to make mm -hmm. not just like, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but like, if you want to make really big money, it's either acquiring a business, a part of a business or, you know, yeah, starting your own business yeah, and, and some sort of capital event, whether that's raising money, whether that's going public, if that's selling the business, something like that generates wealth that like, I just couldn't wrap my head around. Um, and so we've, we've not exited any businesses. We we've acquired like, I don't know, 15 to 20. So we've acquired a bunch, which means we're wow. stretched a little thin and we're hoping to sell a couple this year. And the numbers that on that are like, you know, to me, yeah. not to, not to somebody else out there who makes stupid sure. money. Like to me, I could have never imagined that, you know, when I was in high school, you know, okay, yeah, that's man. an option. I can go do that. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just enjoy that relationship. I enjoy that dynamic. But yeah, okay. So back to the entrepreneur thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think that I don't. I guess I'm prefacing because I don't want to identify as this. But I noticed that there's a, a subset of people who are business owners who just don't want to work for somebody else, and it's almost like a, a pride okay. ego thing. Mm -hmm. And those people generally don't go over. $2 million a year in annual revenue. I mean, I could be wrong. Wow. Wow. I've just not seen anybody that, I mean, most of those people are humble enough. They let go, they're open-handed, who, who, who really get success. However, I, I do think there's a little bit of part about me that it's easier for me to work with partners than it is to work for somebody because I can, I choose to, to serve, you know, I get, it's, it's probably an ego thing. Yeah, man. So yeah, but that's, no, that's, I, that's great. Yeah. My my dad was a business owner and my grandfather was a business owner. Um, so I, I just always thought I'd kind of be in business or ministry or both and kind of want to do both. <laughs> if I could split my hours, I'd just do yeah, that. So. That's awesome. Well, I'm a firm believer that you can do anything that you want in life. Like and you go through different seasons. And so, yeah, to have that that passion, that desire to say, like, yeah, I would love to be in ministry one day, like just keep that open and keep that before the Lord. And, um, if that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a desire that you have. He'll, he'll, he'll bring it out, you know, he'll bring it out. He'll show you, he'll show you how. And I mean, even like some of the stuff that we consider, uh, some, sometimes 
a lot of times I think we're doing ministry without considering it ministry because it doesn't have a certain title on it. You know what I mean? But like, even in terms of, you know, being able to come alongside of, of other people and teach them, um, you know, I think that a big aspect of ministry, something that we do in, in our church is uh, we actually, we'll, we'll teach people about entrepreneurship and we'll, we'll teach people, you know, how to start businesses and we'll teach people how to go after their passions and stuff like that. And so um, I think all of that, man, can really just kind of flow together and, and work together and form itself into something like maybe in the future, but that right now it would be hard to like put a bow on it and say, this is what I'm going to be doing in five years. But, yeah. you know, God is so creative and he's so much bigger than we are that like he's able to take all of our experiences and the things that we go through and then ultimately create our, you know, we can call it destiny, which he's already, you know, <laughs> he's already got that all set. But we're yeah. just kind of going, you know, by step by step and trusting him. And uh, but yeah, he'll paint that picture of of your of your future, you know, as you go and as you get there. And uh, the really cool thing about about dreams and desires, you know, is like that the, we can keep dreaming with God and, and those things can keep unfolding and keep expanding. So, yeah, man, I just really believe that, like, we don't have to limit ourselves. We don't have to limit, you know, limit God. And so, you know, being in this season, doing this and then, you know, kind of watching it grow and, and progress as you go forward. Like, that's just great. That's just the adventure with Jesus, you know? <laughs> totally. And, you know, I've worked at a church, like I, I mentioned before, and I love that. And I, and I, I like it, you know, I want to do that again, yeah. but I think you're right, man. I don't, I don't know that God's like, I, I think the ministry that you're mentioning isn't always a job title. And I get to, co-lead a, a men's group on Friday morning and also like play some worship music in that morning. And then I also, you know, meet with some of those guys afterwards, you know, like that's kind of like my little yeah, man. ministry fix right, yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's good. Love it. Well, I want to go back to something that you said, because even, even in that, you know, talking about ministry and business, you said that the position that you're in where you don't necessarily have a, have a boss, but you do have partners and you use the word serve like you, you said, I, I just I'm in a place where I, I want to serve. I want to serve them. I want to serve my clients. I want to, um, you know, like on every level, I think that that's so key. And maybe you could, you know, just uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. It, it's it's so key, I think, for anybody in any level of leadership to always maintain that, that like no matter how big I get, no matter how much money I get, no matter how many people I have under me, working under me, you know, whatever like how many people are contributing to my success, like it should never change my ultimate like heart desire is to serve and to bring value into people's lives. And I think that the more we, the bigger we get, um, it's almost like, like you, you can't, well, it's not almost, I think it's true. You can't really outgrow yourself. I think maybe that's why you said a minute ago that, you know, there's certain people, certain mindsets or qualities and you, and the tendency is like these people, don't usually grow past a $2 million business. Like that's just sort of the trend that you've seen, right? And yeah. what you said. And and I think that, that, that that's because like, we're never gonna outgrow ourself. And mm -hmm. so to always just kind of have that humility in any level of leadership where you're at and always making it about other people and serving other people, because without the people that you're serving, like you don't have a business, you don't have a ministry, you don't have a company, you don't have anything if those people go away. 
And so, you know, that's really the lifeblood of everything that we do. Again, whether we're in business, ministry, family, whatever. And so, yeah, just I'm just curious to hear maybe um, share something on your perspective on the role of servanthood or serving in leadership. I think a lot of people do it lip service, you know, and I and I would hope that if somebody's on my team who listens to this, you know, one of our teams, they have some, you know, they'll go, oh yeah, Evan's imperfect, but like he does a decent job, you know, he does display this. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that my opinion is that the further you are up in leadership, the more that you should see yourself as working for other people. Love it. And it's a choice you have to make though, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that this is my company, this is my church or ministry, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is God gave me this vision. This is what I'm gonna build. It's about me. It's really yeah, kind of narcissistic. And you can start a business based off of this is what I feel like my vision is. And that's okay, right? Like that's how you would. I had a vision for starting caffeine and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that as the business grows, it's not about your vision or you as the business owner. It's not your thing anymore. It's about the team and it's about what's best for the Mm -hmm. client and what's best for uh, your team members. And then also how can you make the most money? You know, it's like, it's like those three. Yeah. And if you have those three things in mind, that should be your decision-making framework, I believe. So it's not about your vision at some point. It becomes about listening to other people. What do you think? What do you think mm-hmm. that we should do with the product? What do you think that we should offer? What kind of return policy should we have? You know, it's like not a yeah. top-down dictatorship. So there's there's kind of that. But there's a show that I, it just to, I guess, illustrate that point. There's a show that I like. It's on Netflix. It's like Rust to Riches and they are something like okay. that. And they trade up cars. So like get like a car and then they'll fix it up and they'll trade it up for a nicer car and, and they trade it up. And that, I think it's played up. I don't think the owners actually like this that that much. At least if he is, I feel like it's more innocent than this. But in the mm-hmm. thing they played up is like, he's like, this is my vision. And I want to make my vision come to life. Okay. This is how we're going to do this car. And it's very like top down dictatorship on like what to do. Yeah. I don't think he actually leads like that. I think they have to do it for the show. But that is not how you lead. That's not effective. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of makes me cringe because I like the show, but I'm like, stop. That's not good. <laughs> My person didn't like that comment that you made about them. You know, just all stuff. Like that. Yeah, man. I, I think it was uh, uh, Zig Ziglar who said, you know, the, the best way in life to get what you want is to help as many other people as possible get what they want. Or uh, that's a paraphrase, but to, you know what I mean? That's helping other people get what they want. And uh, I think that we can just apply that uh, to, to anywhere. Like if, I, if I'm building a church and I'm making it all about me and being like the big shot and the top dog and having this great ministry and people know me, people know me, you, I'm kind of a big deal. You know what I mean? Like if, if that's my mentality and that's what I want, that's what I'm going after. What am I going to do? Like I'm going to abuse people. I'm going to take advantage of people. I'm going to throw people under the bus when they're not fitting into my vision. That was air quotes for those of you that are just listening. People not fitting into, you know, my way of doing things and helping me build my empire, so to speak, like then, uh, yeah, they're not going to get as much from me as you know what I mean? So in other words, I'll become selfish in what I do. And I think that I'm going to maybe get just a little bit deep here for a second. (laughs) Like, I think that our motivations are 
are always I think that we're always motivated by either love or fear. And so if I'm motivated by fear, then I'm going to make it about me because everything's going to be about protecting me, protecting my name, protecting my reputation. Not that it's not important to protect your reputation, but that's right. not the underlying goal of everything that I'm trying to do. If I'm coming from a place of love, then that means like I'm going to be willing to sacrifice. I'm going to be willing to work hard. I'm going to be willing to like sometimes like in relationship, I'm going to be willing to put my own pride down and, you know, die to my own pride in order to help someone else advance and increase. I'm going to be willing to admit when I blew it, when I was wrong, even though I'm the boss and I don't have to necessarily do that. But like, I'm going to be willing to do those things because what's important are the people in front of me. And, and, and I really think that a lot of uh, businesses and ministries and people in general really struggle to grow because of a mentality that undervalues the people that they have in front of them right then and there, whether it's because of some of those like selfish motivations or because they think that, oh, this just isn't good enough. This just isn't enough. So I've only got 10 people coming to my, you know, my, my, my church or my Bible study or my, you know, only 10 people working for me or only this. And when you look at it that way, you know, I think any anytime you, un, you you don't value something properly, you just you block yourself from being able to serve properly. And uh, so I just think that the the motivation of a person becomes so important in leadership, because if I'm not motivated by essentially love or compassion or a desire to see you increase and advance, but I'm all focused on me, then I'm going to make some really bad decisions you know, along the way, and I'm not going to take care of the the people that are going to actually help me to get to where I want to go. Does that make sense the way I'm? Yeah, I think it's very interesting to think about it that way. I don't know that I've ever used the, you know, you're either, it's almost like the gravitational pull is towards fear mm -hmm. and towards scarcity, but you have to, I mean, you have to have Jesus, right? I mean, I think that's a big separator. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> someone who you know, follows Muhammad or something like that, right? Like that's a very fear-based, um, but the, yeah. that, and that's not to say that somebody could like, that couldn't be very loving. Sure. sure. Uh, but it's just like, that's what feels, I guess I'll speak personally to me. That's what feels me is yeah. like, I want to treat people the way that I like that God has treated us. Right. Um, yeah. And it, sometimes it can be difficult right to navigate a decision because you have to look at short-term or long-term pain for a company right you gotta let somebody go True. that's a tricky one right it's like do i just not believe that god's going to provide enough income for us to do this it's like yeah mm -hmm. maybe but this might be the most loving thing for me to do for all the rest of the sheep you know wow. on this yeah this thing here so all, all of it's a dichotomy i, I believe <clears throat> yeah. yeah man yeah that's really good um by the way, caffeine is a super cool name. Did, what, uh, what, what went into that? What was your thought process there? <laughs> and I, I need a better story, but I originally started under a different name that had my last name in it, and I hated that. And I hated it for like a year. And I just kept thinking, man, what's this new name going to be? And one morning, I was sipping my coffee, and I thought, man, entrepreneurs are always drinking coffee. Like, this is such a hustle thing, you know, because like, yeah. It is a, a caffeine, yeah. hustling, all that stuff. And I thought that's the people that we serve are those that are getting after it, that are yeah, man. hands in the dirt, making it happen. Those are the kind of business centers that we serve. Um, so that's why I call it caffeine marketing. Well, uh, I can't relate to that at all. 
Yeah. He's sipping some coffee. Yeah. What an audio, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> into the mic. I love it. Yeah. So um yeah, that's super cool. I um what was the question? Yeah. Oh no. So I was gonna ask you, just because I don't want to forget. Um, I, I don't. I don't. Well, I know we're um, we're probably gonna be up against the clock at the end. So, uh, just in case, like, where could people go um, to find out about caffeine marketing? Um, what you guys do? Uh, we could even talk about some of the resources that you guys provide. Some free resources. There's re free <laughs> resources there uh, that are super cool as well. But uh, just where would you point to someone who's interested in either connecting with you further or more information? Yeah. So you can go to caffeine.marketing. There's no.com, just caffeine.marketing. There's a free guide on how to build a, a sales funnel. If you're in the marketing world, not yeah. to appeal to you. Uh, if you're not, all good. Uh, if you want to connect with me, you can go to evannox.com and that would be cool too. Um, Duke, I, I, what would you say? Uh, around the desire to to build wealth how would you feel like that relates to your love and fear motivation how do you feel like that connects to for me to build wealth like personally yeah i mean where mm -hmm. do you feel like some people land like for for instance i know that mm -hmm. something that i call a shadow so something that is i guess a part of my growing up and that i feel but i have to keep in check is I have a little bit in the back of my head that goes, yeah, you may not have enough, right? Okay. Uh, and that comes from, quite honestly, that comes from when my dad became a narcotic or a relapsed or whatever, mm. and we lost everything. And so I went from being wow. like, you know, country club click kid to mm. credit card bouncing and everything yeah. being closed on. And it was very scary. So mm. I've, had to think through that and obviously know that God's going to take care of us. I don't want to live in fear, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but personally, I can kind of, when I feel lazy, when I'm just like, oh, it's the afternoon, I'm tired, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. That can be motivating to me because I'm like, I, I want to have, I can kind of tap into it, if that makes sense. So okay. I would be interested. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. Um, but how do you feel like, what's the motivation you feel like people can create wealth? Like what's the justification for creating wealth? Why even try to make money if you're yeah, with love? Yeah. Well, I think that for sure, uh, like in the, in the church world, in the ministry world, I think that we have a really um, wrong concept of it sometimes. The thing is like, you know, there's this, been this whole thing. And I don't know if you if if you're familiar with this terminology, but like the prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. there's like this whole thing out there. And there's all these teachings like against like all oh, the prosperity gospel. The thing is, there is no prosperity gospel. There's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of the kingdom. It's a gospel of grace. But the thing about it is that like the gospel includes prosperity and prosperity doesn't just mean money. What it means is success. Um, and it's actually the desire of God, uh, I believe, I believe full, fully with all my heart, that it's the desire of God that we'd be successful in everything that he's called us to do. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean for every person that they're supposed to have millions of dollars. What it does mean, because I think that the world defines success based on, and I'm kind of on my soapbox now, so excuse me, <laughs> you asked the question, but... <laughs> But uh, and tell me if I'm not going the, the direction, if I'm going the wrong direction here with like what your intention of the question. But this is just where my mind went. Um, 
my the the world's concept of success is that you have lots of money and good cars and like all that kind of stuff right but actual success is really more about being obedient to the plan and the calling of god that's on your life and yeah. uh doing that and doing that well doing that in partnership with god and but within that i believe that there is wealth like i believe that if God is calling me to start to plant churches and he's calling me to do these different things, I believe whatever my thing is. So if, if it's that, if it's being a teacher, if it's being, um, you know, a stay at home parent, like whatever, <laughs> whatever the call of God is on your life, I believe that if I'm following it and I'm actually being led by the Holy Spirit in the way that he's leading me how to do it, not just on like what other people do and what, you know, what I've seen modeled to me, but I'm actually being led by the spirit. That it's that a byproduct of that is going to be wealth and success. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, again, millions of dollars, but it should be that I have more than enough, uh, more more than enough to where like I'm not struggling paycheck to paycheck, but I actually have extra where I can give. I could sow into other people's lives and I have um, things where I could actually enjoy life. I just believe that that's the desire of God for his children. Um, I know that I would get pushback from certain people like in the religious community about that kind of a thing. I know a lot of people think that we're supposed to suffer. I know that people get mad when, you know, pastors and ministers have, you know, fancy cars and stuff like that. And I think that there's a good way to get wealth. And I think that there's a really that there's a lot of bad ways to get wealth, too. I think you can do it taking advantage of people and stuff like that. And of course, I'm not for any of that. Um, I'm for transparency. I'm for integrity. Uh, but I, I do believe that when we follow God's plan, um, there's there's joy there, there's happiness there, there's wealth there. Like even the word, like if you just break down the New Testament word for salvation, it means health, wealth, prosperity, um, security, and general well-being. The word sozo in Greek, like it means all of those things. It's not just I get saved and go to heaven when I die. It's that I get to experience heaven on earth. And, you know, we can spiritualize that, but I think that the, that the byproduct of that is going to be, you know, God wants to bless and increase his children and he wants us to experience good things here on the earth. Now that doesn't mean, I mean, so if I go through times in my life where it's difficult and where I don't have <laughs> extra and where it is a struggle, then my heart attitude and my mindset should actually be the same. It should like I should still have peace. I should still have joy because that those things are not the source of my joy. Uh, but I do believe that they are the result of um, following the plan of God for our lives. OK, so I appreciate you sharing that. And I don't know that I'm going to be like in and you're wrong. You know, <laughs> nothing like that. Um, let me give me a second to kind of string together this thought here. Uh, I first want to say, I think there's other motive, like there's other versions of the fear, right? Because like the one that I mentioned, and that's not my only motivation for making money, but I just wanted to like bring it there. Yeah. Uh, I think other people want to make money because they fear what people think about them. And if they don't make enough money, then they can't run, you know, run with the Joneses, Joneses or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they care about what people think, which is fear. So I think there's kind of that aspect of it. Um, I also, I, I think that, I, I personally see the assets that God has given me, financial assets, business entities, all that stuff, as they're not mine. 
Like I'm a right. freaking manager, you know? And right. I just, I get some benefits, you know, to use at my discretion within the father's will, you know, like as, as long as the Holy Spirit's not like checking me and it's all good. And I'm, you know, I can reap some of that reward. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, do you think so? I, I would say all the wealth is not our wealth, it's God's, right? Oh, yeah. So financials, yeah. <laughs> right? So we're just managing whatever assets he has. I think he does good. teach some financial principles in the Bible, but then I think as good managers, we should be good managers, like managers of yeah. finances, right? Like we should have our house yeah. in order. Stewardship. Yeah. Yes. We should we should be great at stewardship of our finances. Um I'm also right there with you. I think of Andy Stanley, I, I worked for Andy Stanley at North Point for a while. I don't know what he gets paid, but I can tell you, the dude's awesome. Um, yeah. Is he perfect? No, he's not. He's not perfect, but he's all he's legit. I've worked for some not so great people, but he's great. <laughs> um, and he runs a massive organization, like mm -hmm. massive. And he's a S tier. So above A tier, S tier leader. If we're paying him, I don't know what North Point's paying. I tithe to North Point. Um, if we were paying him like $400,000, I'd be like, great. Cause that's right. what a nonprofit of a similar size would probably get paid. So right. cool with me. Um, is there perception of, you know, how much he makes, what he drives also? Yeah. There's perception. He needs to be considerate of, um, in that position. However, this is all to go to, I'm agreeing with you. Think all that. <laughs> I you don't have to agree with me, by the way. It's okay. No, we dude, disagree. Nice. Holy, <laughs> don't lie to the people. You told me before I got on here, you're like, you have to be there and say, or else. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. My right bad. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think about people right now in Afghanistan and mm. in Kabul, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're pulling out, military's pulling out. I'm not really, I don't know. I have a, I don't have a, I'm not informed enough to have an opinion on that. We are right. Mm -hmm. So high likelihood, the Taliban is going to take over back some of these regions, which were starting to build back up and there's christians there in Kabul. yeah yeah they're following jesus as yeah. best they know how probably yeah. better than i am and i think about them and i also think about many people in china that are not following the religious uh you know mandates of not having religion mm. and also maybe gathering in not state-approved churches and stuff like that yeah who go imprisoned who are killed, who have everything taken from them, who become human slaves, all of that stuff. Like, I don't know about the whole wealth thing. I think that there's wealth in the spirit, you know, in those moments. Mm. And I don't know. I've not gone through yeah. that kind of persecution. Yeah. I don't know. What do you make of that? What do you make yeah. of that? It's funny because I was actually thinking that in my head <laughs> as I was saying what I was saying, because that is probably the biggest argument that I've heard um uh when, when we when we talk about um prosperity and i'm not like a big prosperity teacher or anything like that i was just kind of you know but i but i but i believe what i said um but i think that well anyway what i was going to say was the that's like the argument is you know it can't be part of the gospel if it's not applicable to people um all over the planet like like we we can't have a gospel that's applicable to just the Western world or to people in the United States. Uh, that's not the same gospel. Like it has to be the same gospel and the same principles have to apply. And so, um, yeah, man, that's like that's that's tricky. But first of all, those things that are going on where people are living in 
you know, we have people in different nations that are living, <clears throat> they're living in a nation that's a failed state. They're living in nations that are where they're under uh, dictatorial control. We're, we have people, man, we have um, we have a pastor we support in Nigeria who's in an area where, uh, I mean, he sent it. We, we had pictures come in um, about two months ago of like just some of the atrocities and the violence and things that are taking place, like gruesome, like turn your stomach upside down kind of stuff. And it's it's the reality of what's going on. And and he's like he's there. He's there with the people. He's in the trenches. You know, when we when like when we send him money, um, even when we tell him, you know, this is for you, this is for your family. He still distributes it to the people and to the other pastors in the area and, and all of that, because, you know, he's content just eating really basic stuff <laughs> to survive like rice and beans and just doing that as long as the other people in the community are taken care of. And I think yeah. that that's so amazing. Um, I don't think that it's ultimately the will of God. Uh, well, let, let's say the will of God is not for um, nations to be living in these in, in this state of poverty. So let's just start there. It's not the will of God for dictators to be, you know, get building their kingdoms and their wealth on the backs of people and then not giving them anything in return. Like those things are unjust. They're injustices. There's injustices happening all across the world. I don't think that it changes ultimately the heart of the father for us. So there's a lot of places around the world where wealth is being strategically held back from people. And so if that were to suddenly happen here in the United States and we were to start coming under intense persecution, uh, we would probably have a lot of people that would fall away from the faith for sure. Because a lot of people, I think they, you know, when we learn how to thrive just in comfort, then when difficulty comes, when persecution comes, then, uh, you know, if our if our faith is not solidified, I think that there's a tendency for a lot of people to to fall away when that happens. Right. But if that were to just all of a sudden start happening here. And so, you know, people that are in positions of, of wealth and, you know, that have like really great things, if all of a sudden that went away, nothing should change in terms of their commitment to God, because, and, and in other words, there's a lot of things happening all around this world that are outside of the will of God. Um, and I think that if we find ourselves in those situations, we keep serving him and loving him and honoring him the best that we can with what we have. Um, you know, so there may not you may be in a land where there's not a whole lot of resource available to you. But um, I just think that. Yeah. So, again, like I think because even looking at what Paul says, you know, I, I've I've discovered in whatever state that I'm in in life to be content. You know, I think if Jesus is always our focus, no matter where we are, and I don't even know if I'm answering your question or not. Um, I'm just kind of thinking through this. The, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of thinking through it with you because it is a it is a, kind of a challenging question, at least for me. Yeah. To answer. But. Yeah, I mean, God only. I don't know. God only. I don't want to say God only. Like, but my understanding is that. God wants what's best for us and what's going to glorify him most. Yeah. And is that yeah. for some people, is that, you know, financial resources? Sure. But some others, it might even be like a thing. Like it might just be a, yeah, it might just be life. You know, mm -hmm. it might not have anything to do with the blessing of financial wealth or, or not. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. But I do I do think that there's something to like, it's a good thing. And here's the deal. And James talks about, you know, God being the father of lights and he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. So if wealth is a gift, it's from God. Yeah. Uh, is that a guarantee? I think that's my question. Like, mm. I don't think it's a guarantee. I think, does he want a good thing for us? Yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah, 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 yeah. Does he guarantee it? Not yeah. like it's guaranteed. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of guarantees from God. Yeah. Some really yeah. awesome guarantees. I'm not sure of the guarantee. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And for sure, it shouldn't be like, that shouldn't be your ultimate goal. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be your goal to like, I'm going to follow God so that I can have this. I'm going to follow right. God so that I can do like, that shouldn't that shouldn't be the goal at all um but i but uh but yeah and i and i also don't think yeah go ahead okay uh so i'm i mean i'm pretty far right and also libertarian so i'm kind of like go capitalism go america like my golf clubs have america on them um however i wonder if there's part of us that assumes that like capitalism is like what god wants you know what I mean? Like, I think I'm not saying I, I agree or disagree. And I'm saying that that's what you're saying. But I think that there's part of us that just assumes like, yeah, like under this economic system, this is what that's how you build wealth, you know, significantly. So I don't know. Do you I don't I, mean, I guess I'm not trying to like tee up. Like, do you think that God rules capitalism but and democracy? But like, maybe like, is that what you think? No, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I that wasn't so when you say capitalism do you mean <laughs> like um i don't think here's here's one of the things that really bothered me over this past year specifically was okay it really seemed to me and i know we're running out of time here this is like a bad a bad time to get into this you'll have to come back but but uh this past year how with the elections and everything that was going on, it really seemed yeah. to me that a lot of particularly the evangelical church really started to look at the United and th th no one articulated this. This was just like sort of my perception looking at the United States of America as sort of like it, like like the Old Testament nation of Israel kind of thing. Like this yeah. is God's chosen people. And I'm like, no, like you actually, you're not really, you're not really uh, reading into this the right way. Like our allegiance is to Jesus. Our allegiance is not right. to a political party. I don't have any problem with having political affiliations and having a candidate yeah. that you back and having a strong voice. I have no problem with any of that. I have no problem. I, I think we need more believers in politics and, and all of that. But uh, I just think that our ultimate allegiance is always to him. And so whatever happens in my life, um, you know, I think that he can use anything that he can work through anything. I think that he can bring, I mean, the, the Bible was clear with, uh, I always forget if it was Isaac or Jacob, I'm not going to take the time to try to figure that out in my mind right now, but that he sowed in the land of famine and reaped a harvest in that same year, like in conditions that were impossible for what he was going after. He sowed in obedience and in that same year reaped a harvest that shouldn't have happened so there's even times where like god will be in the midst of conditions that don't make sense for us to be increasing and advancing and again this isn't like about a dollar amount this isn't about being millionaires sure. like this isn't about anything like that i just think that um even in you know really potentially negative or even horrifying you know difficult circumstances that god is able to still demonstrate his goodness in really you know practical and tangible ways um 
And I just think, you know, there is for sure spiritual blessing and there's spiritual advancement and, and, and all of that. That's really, really important. I just think that sometimes we have a tendency to over spiritualize things and miss out on some of the like practical stuff that God wants to do in our lives. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be a I good place. To stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't yeah, man. I'll just say, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that I could be, I'm trying to think about like a, not a communist, but like a socialist, uh-huh. a hard socialist, yeah. right? Somebody's yeah. on the different side of the aisle. Yeah. Who also is following Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, like, yeah, man. But I think here's the deal. I think we have the same desire, right? We desire yeah. what's best for human people, like humankind. Yeah. And that like that's what we want, right? So that's, that's how God treated us. He gave us what's best. We want to give other people what's best. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's just a different how on going about that. Um, we could disagree on the how as long as we yeah. agree on, on the who, you know. And I really pray that nothing, not you know, nothing that that I said. Uh, I, I would never want to belittle, you know, or under undermine or, you know, yeah, belittle anything that that anybody is going through. You know, right. I mean, obviously, there's people around the world like that are. Sh- yeah, that would that would kill for uh, some of the problems that we have. You know what I mean? Like yes. the things that we complain about in our in our level of comfort and stuff like that, that that we have here, even when we're not super well off. Like there are people in other parts of the world and even here in this part of the world, too, that would kill for like that would love to have some of the things that we complain about going on in their lives because their situation is so much worse. So I would never want to, you know, belittle any of that. Um, and I, I really wish uh, if we had some more, maybe we could we do a part two at some point, man, and maybe go a little bit further in this. Um, but I do because that was that was such a good question. And I, I really wish we had more time to. Because as I was talking, I was thinking through it, and uh, you know, sometimes the conversation just goes in a, in a, in a cool place where like it wasn't expected for me. So, um, but uh, I'd love to keep you know maybe riffing on that a little bit more with you and see what we come up with. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we've got definitive answers anyway, but you know, no. what I mean? just kind of talking through it is is cool, and I, I think it's ho- hopefully it's valuable uh, to somebody. Totally. But and I, I'm just gonna maybe one last thing on that is like I Jesus. Just go and talk about Jesus, right? He says, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, in Matthew. He's like, I clothe the lilies of the field and I feed the birds. Like, I got you. Yeah, Um, man. I do think that there are skinny, like just crazy circumstances like persecution and like famine and like, like say believers in the Philippines have a monsoon, it kills all their crops. You know, that stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, It sucks. I'd be interested in that. Yeah, anyway, so cool. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. Thank you, man. Well, uh, for anyone interested in some more resources, uh, check out caffeine.marketing. Again, there's no.com, caffeine.marketing or evannox.com. And let me just say on caffeine.marketing, um, there's a there's some really cool free resources. The, the blog, just check out the blog. Like if you do anything in business, you're thinking about getting into business, you're into marketing, you need marketing tips check out that blog. It's free and it's an, it's a really incredible resource. And there's, there's tons of different things uh, to help you out in different aspects of your business. And there's some free resources, other free resources on there that you can download and check that out as well. So uh, again, thanks, Evan. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, dude. Looking forward to it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon.
All right, that's the end of the episode, but thank you again so much for being here. If this episode blessed you in any way, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, again, that would really mean the world to me. Thank you so much in advance, and I look forward to seeing you in a future episode.